Good morning. I'd like to welcome you all to Ladywell Baptist Church and our service of worship this Harvest Sunday morning. We're going to be celebrating uh, over our time together the gracious provision of God for us in the harvest. It's not something that we perhaps think of living in a town. Uh, We don't maybe think of agriculture and all that goes into providing the food uh, that we need to survive. And yet it's essential, and so we're going to give thanks to God for his goodness to us this morning. And we're going to be considering together uh, what that goodness towards us then expects, demands of each one of us as we come to God in praise for all that he does for us. We're going to be thinking uh, about two key areas in our service this morning. We're going to be thinking about what we do locally here in Ladywell and Livingston, And we're also going to be focusing on uh, our wider connection with the world as we hear from BMS. And Alistair Clooney from BMS is going to be sharing with us later in our time this morning about the work that the Baptist Missionary Society, our missionary society, is doing in Chad through Guinevore II Hospital uh, and the essential work that we are supporting uh, there As a part of the service, there'll be an opportunity for us to consider whether we would like to give to BMS to support that work and work like it uh, around the world in addition to our usual giving uh, to the life of the church here in Ladywell. And there is a couple of different ways that you can do that if you would like to support BMS's work. You can uh, give online and there'll be details for that Uh, given a little bit later in our service. If you'd like to know more about that, then please do get in touch. And also there'll be an opportunity, uh, should you wish it, to have uh, an envelope given, a gift envelope that you can put money in or a check in uh, and we can send that through to BMS. Now I have envelopes available. If you would like one of those, then please do get in touch with me or get in touch with one of the deacons and we'll make sure that uh, an envelope is delivered to your home uh, so that you can fill it out, uh, you can fill it and then return it back to the church and we'll be able to send those uh, back directly to BMS. So if you'd like to know more about any of that, then please do get in touch with myself or one of our deacons. As usual, we have over the course of this coming week Uh, our midweek prayer meeting and Bible study. I want to remind you of that again. It would be fantastic to see you there. We've seen such encouraging numbers at that meeting week by week. And so if you would like to come along to that, that's half past seven on Zoom on Wednesday evening. We're studying Matthew's gospel together and spending time in prayer for our church and for the wider world. So please do feel welcome and come along to that. As we begin uh, our service this morning, we want to give thanks to God and uh, to praise him for his abundant goodness and grace towards us in providing everything we need in order not just to survive, but to flourish and thrive in this life. And so we hear in Psalm 148 these words, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He set them in place forever and ever. He gave a decree that will never pass away. And the psalmist goes on, 
to call for praise again and again from all of creation, not just from men and women and not just creatures, but but all of creation. And it's part of our uh, worship this morning that we come to God and we respond to this and praise God and recognize that as we do so, we're reflecting God's glory back to him, as it were. And that is what the psalmist is meaning when he talks about expecting creation to praise God. He doesn't expect the mountains to burst into song or the trees or the grass or the animals to to speak. But he's calling upon them to reflect the glory of God merely by their existence, by the rising and setting of the sun, by the, the moon and the stars shining at night, by the plants growing in their season and putting forth fruit and seeds and so on. All of that testifies to the goodness the grace, the majesty, the creative power and the mercy of God for calling it into existence, setting it in order and governing it in the first place. And so it is right that we come and worship God this morning for no other reason than the fact that we have been created by him for praise, for thanksgiving, for glorifying him. And so it's right that we do so. But we're only able to do so if we have uh, trusted in Christ for our salvation because it is only in this that we are made aware of the God we are called to glorify and worship. It's only in that salvation that we are given the desire to praise and glorify this amazing God that has done so much for us. And so I would call upon each one of you this morning who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ to come and praise your Creator, your Savior, and your Sustainer, who has begun a good work in you, and will see that work completed, ultimately, when you go to be with Him in glory. So let's come together this Harvest Sunday and worship our God. As part of our Thanksgiving service this Harvest Sunday, We want to consider the way in which God has provided so much for each one of us. He provides the clothes that we wear and the food that we eat, the homes that we have, the families that we are part of. And this church family, this life that we have in Christ, all comes through the gracious provision of God. And part of our response to that is found in not just our receiving of these good things, but an expectation that we will do something with it. And so I want to preface our service today with a reading from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 24. And as we hear these words and as we briefly reflect on them, we're going to look at two distinct areas in our service, as I've already mentioned, the local here in Ladywell and the international, the global, uh, specifically focusing on Chad and our work there through BMS. Uh, this year. But we hear this reading in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 19 to 22. There we hear, When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat your olive trees, you shall not go over them again. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. 
When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not strip it afterward. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I commanded you to do this. Harvest is a time that we more than ever, I suspect, feel disconnected from in modern 21st century Scotland. In the Western world at large, I suspect, we are not all each season of the year going out to plant our crops and to nurture them and care for them and prune them and then harvest them uh, at, uh, at harvest time in the autumn. We're disconnected from all of that. Our farmers do that and, and we simply see the produce in the supermarket and, and receive the goodness of that when we buy it and take it home and eat it. The only awareness we have of the harvest is when things go wrong, when the seasons haven't been quite right and the crops have failed and there's a shortage of one type of food or another. But it's important that we remember the common grace of God, not just to us as a Christian people, but to all people across our world. Were it not for the existence of these crops, of these plants, mankind could not survive. Were it not for the turning of the seasons, these crops would not grow into maturity, produce fruit and seeds or uh, feed animals and in turn the animals become uh, the provider of meat and produce for us to eat. God has provided in the rain falling and the sun shining for our every need. It's astonishing to think of how complex this universe is and yet all of it provides for us in ways that we don't even understand, even with all of our uh, modern science and, uh, and learning. And so it's right that we give thanks to God for the harvest because God is graciously providing for us. But it's right that we think what that harvest is ultimately for. We, we tend to think that everything ends, everything terminates on us, focuses on our lives, don't we? And as long as we are catered for, then we don't think too much about it. And yet, this is not what the Word of God says. There's an expectation that we will receive a blessing of God in the harvest, in the, the production of all of this food for our sustenance, but that we will do a couple of things with that. And he details it not just in Deuteronomy 24, it's mentioned a number of times in Deuteronomy, in Leviticus, um, and in various other places through the Old Testament and on into the New. The harvest is not an end in itself. It begins with a glorifying of God, that God has provided this for us. He is the one who controls it, sustains it, guides it. And so it's right that we should worship God because of that, because of his creative ingenuity and power. But more than that, there's an expectation that we will receive this harvest and do something with it. We notice in this passage in verses 19 through to 22 uh, that Moses instructs the people, when you reap your harvest, don't go over the fields and over the fields and over the fields gathering up every last thing. When things are left behind, when a sheaf of wheat is accidentally left behind in the field, just leave it. One sheaf of wheat won't make any difference to, to the farmer in terms of how much money he will make or how much wheat he will have, really. But it might be the difference of life and death to someone who is poor, who is orphaned, who is widowed, who doesn't have a home or a place to live and is wandering uh, throughout the land. It might mean everything to them, so just leave it in the field for their good. And in the same way, when you go and uh, 
shake and, and beat the olive trees to have all of the olives fall out of it, don't go back again and again. Leave some in the tree, for there will be those who come along who, who don't have anything. And again, it will mean little to you, but it might mean everything to them. And so it is with the grapes in the vineyard. And the expectation is uh, of all types of farming produce. Don't take absolutely everything. Leave some for those who have nothing and who aren't employed. And in this we find it's a time not just to give thanks to God for his goodness to us, but to employ that goodness, to use it for the blessing of other people. And there's a couple of interesting things in this that we, we aren't going to explore overly in our time together this morning about the fact that there's not an expectation that the farmer will gather in all of the crops and then give some to the poor. It's expected the poor will have to go into the fields and work. They will have to labor to some degree for their blessing. And yet the provision is there for them freely. They have worth. They have value because they will have worked to have gathered in whatever was left over in the fields. They will have felt the value of that labor for their own sustenance. And yet the provision of it is completely free. God says to those whom he has shown an abundance of grace, you show grace to those others who have less than you do. And that is the expectation of us. That is the call of the worshiper. Having turned to God and thanked him, we turn to others and enable them to do the same when they have nothing. And we notice that this is not an instruction that is given when the harvest is plentiful and abundant. God doesn't say in this passage, when the harvest has produced a bumper crop this year, then you should just leave some for the poor. It doesn't say that. He says, whenever you do this, regardless of how good or bad the harvest has been, there might have been terrible weather that season, a famine or an unseasonable amount of rain that's caused a, a problem with the growth of the crops. And so the harvest might be half this year what it was last year. But God makes no distinction. Regardless of how good or bad the harvest is, make sure there is something left over for the poor, for those who need help, who need grace. Every harvest, do this. Because when you do that, you are demonstrating you understand the grace of God and his provision to each one of you. It's a sentiment mirrored by Jesus, echoed by Jesus in the Gospels when he talks about um, servants who have been forgiven a huge debt, an overwhelming debt by uh, his master, and yet will not extend that same grace towards someone who owes him a pittance. And Jesus says that man has not understood the grace his master has shown him and so he will receive none of it. And it's the same here for us. Jesus is teaching this principle through a parable and it's right for us to understand that as a Christian people, we who have received so much grace from God and salvation ought also to extend that grace towards others in our society who know nothing of it, who do not see it or understand it. And it's right for us to do that through practical means of giving food to those who have not received it, for we have received an abundance. I mean, when name a time in history when food has been more abundant and has been so cheap as it is today. And so it's right for us to give food in it. So we have our community fridge and we seek to bless those in our community who don't have enough. 
But it's essential that we see this in every area of life, that all of the grace of God shown to us should be passed on to others. It doesn't end with us. It's spread around and so it grows as more people are able to worship and thank God for the grace they have received, which they might not otherwise have done, were it not for us seeking to bless them through the sharing of the good news of the gospel that Christ can be their saviour, that they can know the abundant goodness and mercy of God as we have, as we give thanks to him this harvest season. God says, in illustrating that point in verse 22, he says, you should provide for the poor in society. Why? You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command you to do this. It's an odd line to drop in when he says provide for the poor. But he's saying to them, remember, you were poor and downtrodden. You had nothing. You were slaves. You were valueless. You were essentially dead and cut off from God. And remember what I did for you. I led you by the hand out of the place of darkness and death. And I gave you life that you didn't deserve. That you had no right to to claim in and of yourselves. And yet I gave it to you by grace purely by my mercy, because I loved you and I extended that love towards you. Remember that and serve the poor. And therefore, it's right that we ensure others through our lives have access to that same grace because we remember we were once dead in our trespasses and sins. We received all of the the common grace of God and the sun shining and the rain falling and, and food and family and a home and all of these things, but we never gave thanks to God for them because we didn't recognize they came from God. And yet now, because we have been made alive together in Christ, we recognize where all this wonderful provision comes from. And so we praise our Creator, which is good and right. And so we are expected to remember that we were like those in our community who knew nothing of the things of God. And so extend God's grace towards them that they might receive it in all its abundant goodness. This should motivate us in two ways. It should motivate us in in mercy ministries where we give to those who don't have as much as we do. And it should motivate us in evangelism that we would share this good news that others might be transformed and have the life that we have, the joy that we have, know the grace that we've received. Sovereign Lord, we come before you this morning. And Lord, we recognize as we pause this Harvest Sunday to think about all that goes into uh, the providing of food for our sustenance, we recognize just how amazing a God you are that you have recognized from the very beginning the need for seasons. Lord, for the rain and for the sun, for the growth of crops and of uh, the feeding of animals, Lord, for the sake of uh, sustaining us, men and women, children of yours made in your image for the purpose of glorifying you in all of creation. Lord, your wisdom And your power, your creativity in putting all of this together and sustaining it goes beyond our ability to understand. We give you thanks and praise for who you are and for what you have done in this. Lord God, we thank you for your common grace extended towards all people, Lord, that we all receive of your goodness regardless of whether we acknowledge your existence or not. 
And Heavenly Father, we marvel at that this morning as we recognize that none of us are owed any of this. And yet, by your grace, you give it to all. Even those who reject you are still the recipients of your grace, the beneficiaries of it. And Lord God, as your people this morning, we come before you and we ask that you would help us to receive with gladness and with thanksgiving the great abundant provision you have made for each one of us. It puts our lives into perspective, Lord, as we consider how difficult our lives can be and yet we see how good you are towards us. Every breath, Lord, every piece of food, every drink of water, every item of clothing we have comes by your grace. And so, Father, we worship you. Lord God, we also want to reflect your glory as creation does. We read in that psalm at the beginning of our service how much creation testifies to your power, creativity, goodness, love, mercy, and majesty. And Lord, we want to testify to all of that. Lord, we alone in all creation have the opportunity to do so willingly, intentionally, not simply by our mere existence. And so we ask, Lord, that you would give us a desire to praise you this morning, to worship you, to thank you and adore you for your goodness. Heavenly Father, help us to respond not just in thanksgiving, but also with a desire to serve you in this world in practical means, in dispersing this good gift that you have given us to those who don't have as much as we do. Heavenly Father, we think of our community here in Ladywell. It astonishes us in the Western world with all of our power and affluence, with all of our technology, that there are still poor among us who need our help. And yet, Lord, they are everywhere. And it is a privilege of ours, Lord, given by you to serve this community and to serve those most in need in this place. And so, Father, we ask that you would give us humility, Lord, that you would give us a love for our community and a desire to sacrifice for their good, that we might build them up and ultimately might demonstrate to them the grace of God in practical ways. So that as we share the good news of the gospel with them in word, they will hear our words and see our deeds and will understand. Heavenly Father, we pray that by this means you might spread the gospel in this place, that your kingdom might grow and expand, and that a great many sinners might be transformed by your grace and made into saints, that they might praise and worship your name also. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our community fridge and the amazing opportunity uh, to minister to our community that you have given us by it. And Lord, we ask that you might use it for the blessing of a great many people. We thank you, Lord, for Sybil and for the other ladies who serve dutifully every week, Lord, taking in food and, um, Lord, dividing it up and making it ready for those who come week by week to receive it. Lord, we thank you as well for Anne and uh, all the volunteers she drew together from the Ladywell Neighbourhood Network over the early months of lockdown. And Lord, we thank you for the way in which she took that project on simply out of a desire to, to bless this community. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless her richly. We thank you for her work. And Lord, we thank you for her and the friendship that we share with her and ask that you would bless her and her family. You would bless the, the neighborhood network in Ladywell as it seeks to find ways of connecting with those who need community. And Lord God, we pray that they would flourish in their work. Lord God, we ask that you would bless uh, our 
community as a result of our presence, that we might be, in Jesus' words, salt and light in this place. And Heavenly Father, we ask that you would enable us to serve you as a a central part of who we are as Christian disciples. And so, Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in this place, in Ladywell, as it is in heaven. Lord, we ask all this in the name of Jesus, our powerful Lord and Saviour, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who draws us before your throne of grace and enables us to come into your presence with thanksgiving. Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is Alistair Clooney and I'm one of BMS World Mission's volunteer speakers after being on BMS's management team in Oxfordshire for nearly 17 years. Uh, Back in 2017, I took early retirement from BMS as my wife and I felt it was time to return to Scotland and now I work as a self-employed commercial photographer. Well, it's good to be with you virtually this morning uh, as part of your harvest celebrations. And on behalf of BMS World Mission, I want to say thank you for giving us this opportunity to share with you. Harvest is a time when traditionally we give thanks for what God has given to us and also take time to think of others who are in need. And it's really that latter aspect I want to focus on this morning. In a few minutes, I'll be showing you a short video called Operation Chad, featuring the work of Guinebor 2 Hospital in Chad. Before I get to that, though, I think it would be helpful to complete the introductions. It's likely that some of you will not be familiar with BMS World Mission, so let me give you a brief outline. Next month, October, uh, BMS will be 228 years old, and I promise you, I've not been there from the beginning. (laughs) It, It began life on the 2nd of October, 1792, when a group of ministers were inspired to form a society among the Baptists for propagating the gospel among the heathen. Soon after that, the formal name became the Baptist Missionary Society, and uh, thank goodness for that, um, the other one was not short and snappy. These were the days of empire, and that made it much more possible for overseas missionary work to take place. When we look at the work of BMS today, as we will shortly in the video from Chad, it's clear that it is complex and multifaceted. But I want to take you back to three key words we've already mentioned in relation to the history of BMS. The first of those is gospel. The original founding purpose of BMS was to propagate the gospel, and I'll say more about that shortly. The second word is mission. It's there in the current name, BMS World Mission. And the third is Baptist. BMS was born out of the Baptist tradition, created by Baptist ministers with a passion for spreading the gospel worldwide. So, BMS World Mission, as it exists today, and has been since it was born, is your denominational mission agency, taking the gospel into the world on your behalf and with your support in giving and prayer. So, 
let's pause for a moment and consider what we mean by mission and how this relates to the gospel. You're probably familiar with this story in Mark chapter 2. When he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around him that there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door, and he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralysed man carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Of course, the story continues with the ensuing exchange between Jesus and the scribes who are thinking of his forgiveness of sins as blasphemy. And most sermons on this passage will emphasise this important aspect. But I want to suggest that what we see here includes perhaps the first recorded example of missionary activity when the people brought their lame friend to Jesus. That's the essence of mission, bringing people to encounter Jesus. Just for a moment, let's consider what happened here from the point of view of the people who brought the paralysed man. First of all, as the crowds gathered to see and hear Jesus, these people initially went the other way to collect their friend whom they were desperate to get to Jesus. Their thoughts and actions were for another, not for themselves. Mission is about the needs of others and it sometimes involves going against the crowd. When the people returned with their paralysed friend on a mat or stretcher, they, they found it impossible to get through the crowd. So they undertook to get beside the house, get up on the roof, haul their friend up, dig a hole through the roof and then lower him down to Jesus. This took considerable effort and although it passes in a few lines of scripture it would have taken quite a long time to do all of this. Mission is like this too. It's often very hard work and time consuming. The other aspect of this that I want to draw out is that mission is also holistic. The man who was brought to Jesus benefited in two ways. First of all, he was physically healed of his paralysis and he was forgiven his sins. Mission is like this too. It's about dealing with the whole person, their physical and spiritual needs. Mission is an approach that declares the gospel both in word and in action. A few years back, BMS produced a document called The Highest Goal, which set out its vision for mission work in the years ahead. Within that document, BMS defined its core purpose as follows. The highest goal of all we do is to bring people to faith in our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and an experience of the abundant life that only He can provide. This neatly expresses both the physical and spiritual dimensions of mission 
with gospel at the centre. So, how then does BMS do this? Well, BMS works through seven ministries. Church, development, education, health, justice, leadership and relief. The work we are about to see in Operation Chad comes under health ministries and, as you'll see, helps people find a way to Jesus through physical healing. So, just as we remember God's goodness to us at this harvest time, let's remember Jesus' words from Matthew 25, where he says, Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, and gave you food, or thirsty, and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing. And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. It's so humbling to see uh, the work that's been uh, done in Chad through the work of Guinnebortu Hospital and the amazing staff they have there who serve so sacrificially. We recognize that, uh, that doctors and nurses, consultants of all kinds do in this country serve so selflessly. We've been made aware of that over uh, this time of coronavirus and all that they have done on the front line, putting themselves in harm's way in order that we might be cared for. And yet we see in Chad this being done on a whole other level where there is so much need and there is so little provision uh, to meet it. And yet these men and women serve so selflessly. And as we heard from uh, the, the lead doctor in that hospital, it is done ultimately so that Jesus might be proclaimed in that place, that sinners might be saved as well as given physical care. And it's a privilege for us to partner with BMS in that work, to know that, that the gifts that we give are able to provide uh, for such a, an amazing thing as the work of Guinnebor too. And so we're going to come together and pray for uh, this work as uh, we give thanks to God this harvest season and recognize that our service in practical ways here in Ladywell in, in service here amongst the community in which we live, in the giving of the gift of money and other physical things for um, the work of missionaries overseas, and also our prayer life, these things are an essential part of who we are. As a Christian men and women, we don't get to, to, to sit back and let mission work be done by other people. That is not what a Christian does. If you are a Christian today, it is your obligation to serve in these ways because God has shown you grace. And so you must, if you understand grace at all, demonstrate that to others 
through Christian missionary work, through the witness that we have, whether it be local or international. And the great thing for us is that we have so much opportunity to do that, whether it be here or overseas. We don't need to pack up everything and move to Chad to do that. And so we're going to come together in prayer and ask that God would continue to bless us as we bless others. In fact, so that we can bless others all over our world as God calls us to in Deuteronomy 24. So let's pray together. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that we have just heard from Alistair and for the team at BMS. Lord, it shocks us perhaps to see those scenes. They're difficult for us to watch. Lord, it humbles us to see the way that these men and women serve so selflessly. And Lord God, we recognize that they do so out of a Christian conviction that they are being sent into the world to be salt and light, to bless those who do not have enough, who need help and care. And it's done, Lord, not simply that men and women might be physically patched up and be sent back to their homes, but, Lord, so that these men and women might hear of the good news of salvation in Jesus' name and might be saved so that they are given life that will not simply end one day in death but will carry on into eternity with you. Lord God, we thank you so much for all that we've seen and we thank you that it does humble us and make us aware of how much we are expected to serve here. So, Lord God, we ask that you would draw us together into your presence this morning, that you would draw us before your throne of grace. And, Lord, that you might hear our intercession for our brothers and sisters serving in Chad, across Africa, and indeed the rest of the world. Lord God, we pray that you would uphold these brothers and sisters of ours as they serve so faithfully, that you would give them the sleep at night that they need, the rest and refreshment that enables them to serve well each and every day. Lord God, we pray that you would spiritually sustain them through a difficult work where they see so much pain and suffering, so much death. Lord, help them to understand that you are still the sovereign God in control of all things, a God of grace and love and merciful provision, even in the face of all of that. Lord God, we pray for ourselves that we would sacrifice in order to sustain these ministries and these men and women who we will never meet this side of glory. Lord God, we pray that you would take our financial gifts and use them, multiply them, Lord, and bless a great many people across this world as a result of sustaining hospitals like Guinebor II and others, through the building up of schools, through justice ministries, and through relief, uh, disaster relief ministries also. Heavenly Father, we pray that our missionaries sent out through the Baptist Missionary Society would know of your abundant grace and mercy shown to them and might speak of it and demonstrate it all over our world. Lord, help us in our service to them as they go and serve those in the wider world. Heavenly Father, we pray for the team uh, down in Didcot and ask that you would bless the whole work of uh, the core team of BMS. And Lord, that you would sustain Kang San Tan, uh, the director of BMS, and that you would enable him to lead our missionary organization well. That it would grow and thrive in its ministry all over this world because we are so much 
more aware today of the abundant need of Christian missionary service than ever before through uh, international 24-hour news media. Lord God, we ask that you would enable our brothers and sisters who serve us to stand for you fearlessly in face of opposition. And Lord God, we ask that you would enable us in seeing that to be inspired to local mission work here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that's going on in Chad. But we recognize for all there are a great many lost men and women in need of help there. There are also a great many in need of our help here in Ladywell. And so we pray, Lord, that you would use this work that we engage in overseas to spur greater missionary work here at home. Heavenly Father, this all is because of your grace, poured out in abundant measure, in limitless degree, towards us who were once sinners in need of a Savior. And so, Lord God, we ask that whether we minister here in Ladywell or there in Chad, that you would enable us to pour out the grace that you have shown us into this sick and dying world, that it might receive grace in abundance and be transformed. Lord, we pray that you would have your kingdom grow wherever your people are in this world, that ultimately one day all might be placed under the feet of Christ and he will rule and reign in perfect glory over all. Lord God, we ask all this in our Savior's powerful, mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we draw our service to a close this week, this Harvest Sunday, I want to just remind you there's an opportunity to give to the work of BMS in Chad directly online. But if you would rather do it um, in a more physical way, then you can request a gift envelope from us and we'll make sure that that's delivered to you and then collect it again uh, and we can gather those in before sending them off uh, down to BMS on your behalf. So please do consider either one of those two options. If you would simply like to know more, uh, then please do get in touch with us, either with myself or one of our deacons, and we would love to provide you uh, with more information or with help uh, with regards to any of that. But I want to encourage you this Sunday to give thanks to God as you eat lunch or dinner with your family, uh, as you sit down at the end of this day and consider all the goodness of God that he has given you another day to live for him, love him, serve him and worship him. I want to encourage you to go in the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen.